Welcome back to another episode of Sports Rundown. I'm your host, Z, and joining me today are my co-host, Waddles, Jackson, and Josh. This is the Sports Rundown podcast where we are four college students coming to you from the campus of Palm Beach Atlantic University, here to bring you all the sports and all the news that goes with it. All right, so first we're going to give a recap on our college pickums from last week. So, wait. So, last week, I had the worst Shame college you. pick in the group. Well, actually, Josh had the worst because Josh did not do his picks. But yeah, here's the bad. question. Josh got every one of those picks correct. He picked everything he picked, he got right. Yeah. Or everything he picked, he got wrong. And for my sake, we're going to go wrong because I was atrocious last week. I only got four games right. E was slightly better than me with five, and what you get? You had seven. I had seven. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. Yeah, I, I'm pretty proud of that. Oh, I'm definitely on fire right now. Yeah, Jackson is. I'm definitely looking for a bounce back week this week. <laughs> that is to say the least. So starting with our first pick, we all pick Michigan. I should. Oh no. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Go. Mi- Michigan played strong. We, we all expected that, but the next game, Kansas. Losing to Oklahoma. This that, was a little bit of a shocker. We all missed this one. Yeah, we. that was the – it's just an offensive shootout, really. I mean, Oklahoma was able to score more early on, and that's really just what got them. They took off at the beginning, and then – because Kansas slowly, like – they, they, they closed the gap a little bit, but away. they never got there, yeah. So, just an offensive shootout for the most part. And then Illinois over Minnesota, I believe – I Minnesota's a pick'em game again this week. I have a lot to say about Minnesota when we get there, so I'll just leave it at that. But that game did not. I that game I was very frustrated while watching. But that game, Jackson, ja- Jackson won, or Jackson was the only one that they p- correctly picked that game. Yep. Um, yeah, you guys looked at me like I was crazy when I said that, but we did. Well, I'm. I'll tell you what. Like I said, I've got a lot to say about the Golden Gophers. And then, this sp- week. speaking of crazy, Tennessee over Alabama. This I was have, a huge game. I've never been more glad that I changed a pick. Oh, I, you changed. You pick. changed it. So I on did. the podcast, did you have Alabama? No, on the podcast I changed. Oh it. no, you're right. You I, did change. I, I changed, changed it. it and changed like, it in the middle. Yeah. Of you know what? You know what? You convinced me. <laughs> no, nah, let me tell you what. But but I was right. It was defense. Defense let up so many points. Both teams. Oh. Speaking when you could get in less than a minute, you can get the ball all the way down the field. It's atrocious. Speaking of defense in that game, I got a little trivia question for you guys. Who and when was the last time Alabama allowed more than 52 points in a game? Who who scored more than 52 on Bama, and when was it? I saw this. It was like 20-something years ago, wasn't it? Oh, it, was it, was a, it was a It, it has to be longer. before it was that. more than yeah. that. I, okay. okay. It's I, don't, I don't know who the team was, but it was like 1954. It's got to right? be. No, it's it, it was in bad. the 50s. It was in the 50s. I All swear right. it was. Are you guys ready for this? It was Sewanee, University of the South, and it was in 1907. 1907? 1907. Sewanee put up 54 points on Alabama. And one. You want to know a crazier fact about that? Sewanee, right now, competes in Division Three athletics. So that's how that crazy. That is amazing. That's how big of a deal this Tennessee game was. The fact that they have not Alabama's not allowed that many points in over a century. Is, there's been more world wars 
since 1908. <laughs> and there has been that Alabama has let up 50 points. Crazy, isn't it? No, and it's, that is that's it's unreal. Is, a, lo- a lot of that goes to show how how strong Tennessee's offense is. This this is an amazing offense led by Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. What, I, I don't know if we can play the clip right now, but we all heard it last week. Hendon Hooker for Heisman after this game. I was I'm loving that pick right now. No, on top of the fact that Alabama has been one of the best defenses in the country so far this year. Like they've been letting up what barely double digit points no. each game. And so. can we talk about that because? Alabama's defense, led by Will Anderson, is supposed to be a top tier elite defense, and it would. And that that's, I didn't, that's I didn't been notice their strength this year. Yeah. Like their defense has been their strength, and there's been many times their offense has struggled against in close games against Texas and Texas A and M. But their defense has been their strength. But Hennon Hooker's Heisman performance, oh, outdid their defense. And speaking of that well, Heisman performance, I've got that clip for you. Oh, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right, bring it up. Hendon Hooker. Hendon. I think I think you know. Obviously, I've seen his name thrown in, like you know, thrown into the Heisman conversation. You know, I don't know how serious it is. After after this if, game, if, if Tennessee after this beats game, Bama, Hendon Hooker for Heisman, Triple H. So to, to another, I actually, another I actually want to bring I want to bring up one more thing. Then we can go to your Heisman performance. We were talking about how defenses won Alabama games, and that's been their biggest strength in the season. But their biggest weakness so far this year, and we saw this massively in the Tennessee game, has been the penalties. In games this season that Alabama's played in, decided by a touchdown or less, Alabama's averaging 13 penalties for 97 yards. This past week at Tennessee, 17 penalties for 130. They've got to get that under control because that's ridiculous. Yeah, under a Nick Saban-led team, I bet... I mean, he he's got to be irate about that. Oh, for sure. You, you saw him lighting up his team on the side. That oh yeah, muffed punt. And, and that wasn't even at the end of the game or anything. No. That was in the first quarter when they were losing by two touchdowns. Yeah, no, that it was awful. All right, but moving on to another Heisman performance that I know someone's excited about. I I I've been wanting to move on from Alabama for a minute now, not just because I'm not excited about that game, but I w- I'm so excited about this TCU team. And they, they just pull off a great win and come back against Oklahoma State, led by Max Duggan, who I think could challenge Hennon Hooker and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud for Heisman this year. Well, you know, looking at, uh, like, FanDuel, DraftKings, the betting odds, Max Duggan still is not to be seen. But you know where Hendon Hooker is? Number two behind C.J. Stroud, which I don't like. I want Hendon Hooker over C.J. Stroud. But I agree. I think Max Duggan... I was did not want TCU to win that game. I was not going in thinking TCU. I was thinking Cowboys. But Max, he impressed me. I liked it. Very good game by him. Very impressive showing. I don't think he's to the Heisman level yet. But I think if TCU keeps playing like how they're playing, I think by the end of the season, he's at least got to be in consideration to be a finalist. So at this at point, he's, he's got to be the dark horse. Like I think that's a definitely a hard, I think I horse. think that's a good way to put it. Is he's a dark horse a dark horse riser for for Heisman? I like which that. is like the that. most you could expect from from TCU. Uh, TCU a, a player not from Alabama, Ohio State, yeah. Clemson. Well, I'd love it this year if the finalists were all from t- teams like that. Could you imagine if the finalists were someone like Max Dug- Duggan, Hendon Hooker, and then like Blake Corum or something? You got a Michigan, a Tennessee, and a TCU. Yeah. That would be great. That would be great for college football. That would, I'd it would, that. and 
as a team, TCU is now six and zero, and they're they're leading the leading the Big Twelve. Big There's 12. what and nine undefeated teams, and TCU is one of them. Nine or ten, yeah, something like that. All right, and then on to another undefeated team. We have the Syracuse Orange taking down the NC State Wolfpack. So, I loved that game. I I got the pick wrong. You know, shocker. Like we've already been over. I've had a bad week. I think this was a game that really convinced me that Syracuse was a team playing an easy schedule or an easier schedule to a team that could really be the real deal in the ACC. And when I tell you that I am so excited to watch Clemson-Syracuse this week, I'm not going to make a prediction on that because it's not a pick em game, which is ridiculous. It should be a pick em game because that's a good oh, game. Oh, it definitely it should. should. If it's this week, then it should have been because that's probably the best game of the week, honestly. It'll be one of them. We've got some good games this week. Yeah, there are. But it'll definitely be one of them. But I'm, I'm looking so forward to that game. I'm looking so forward to that game. And I, I am too because this is going to be Syracuse's chance to, to prove themselves because although NC State is a solid team in their rank, they are playing without their star, they starting were. quarterback. Their starting quarterback is actually out for the rest of the year he as is. well. He, we did get that announcement from NC State. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Clemson-Syracuse, that's for the final undefeated spot in the ACC. It is. Yeah. So whoever wins that game is the only undefeated team left, and that'll be great. And they're both in the same the same division in the ACC, so they'll be wh- – whoever whoever wins that will have – They'll have the division lead. The, the division lead and the tiebreaker at the end of the year if those yeah. two teams – are tied, so that's that's it. Ooh, I like that. And at this point in ACC play, it would be it really hard to come back from a loss for either of those. Oh, because you have to make up two games. No, if Clemson loses that game, they're already sitting at the five seat. If Clemson loses that game, they're done. They don't have a shot because it's at home. It's yeah. it's not at Syracuse. So if they lose to Syracuse by a certain amount, then that might end their season right there in terms of I playoff think it aspirations. Would. I think it. Oh, I think I think right now they've got to fight. For playoff aspirations, they got to hope the right things happen for their playoff aspirations. All right, moving on, moving on. Next game of the week, another ACC game with Clemson. Ugh. Clem- Clemson over FSU. I I could I regret picking FSU strongly. Yeah, you always go with your gut. You don't see. You don't you don't vote against what you believe in. Clemson's just one of those teams where I will always be emotionally impacted by and just not want to pick Clemson. I will say I think FSU. I think they looked good. Only what six point deficit, five point deficit. I feel six like points. They, it was 30, 34, 28. So Not a, a touchdown. I think the deficit no. didn't show how the game actually went. In my opinion, that's I that's felt very like fair. Clemson had it had a strong lead for a majority of the game, and that. then FSU was able to kind of slowly come back. But then Clemson had been looking really strong. I would say the same thing is probably the case for the Kansas Oklahoma game. The score does not do. The score doesn't do that game justice. Kansas definitely looked much weaker than the score portrays. That's accurate. And FSU had the game close in the first half, but they've had they've had issues with at times through through stretches in the middle of the game where they'll just their offense will go dry for a while, and that's that happened in this Clemson game because yeah. they had the score tied fourteen fourteen, and Clemson kept scoring, and the FSU offense just stopped scoring. Went completely stagnant. Yep. yep. All right. Next game. Next recap. Kentucky and Mississippi State. I picked that one right. I know that. We, we all picked that one right. Kentucky came back. They didn't have the injuries that they had at South Carolina. They came back and they made sure they made a statement that said, hey, you know, when we have our quarterback healthy, when we have our wide receivers healthy, when we have our defense healthy, we're a much stronger team. 
They they took care of business against a strong they did. Mississippi State they did. team. 10-point win, 17-27. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I was surprised by that because Mississippi State was looking like a contender. Like the past couple of weeks especially, they've been they've been moving up in the standings. And so uh, I thought it would be a much closer game than the score ended up showing. I thought I, I thought that was I thought that was about the game I expected. I thought Kentucky would have a good showing. It was, except for the score, because I know we were expecting a much higher scoring game. With that the that is true. That is true. A more high scoring game. But I think that the differential in points was it was, was yeah. what what would I expected. And the game that was su- not surprisingly a high scoring game out in the Pac twelve, <sighs> Utah over USC. That game broke my heart. The last second decision to go for the two point to win the game incredibly gutsy incredibly gutsy and i re- i was really high on usc this year i thought they might be able to pull something off maybe sneak their way into the playoffs and then they have to go and lose by one on a gutsy call in a high scoring 42-43 Th- that this is, broke my heart this happened this happens so much in the pac 12 every year oh, they, yeah. every time they have an undefeated team look, looking to make a run they 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 slip up along the way and they they haven't been able to have an undefeated team in their conference for for a couple of years now. Well, now we'll see it this week with Oregon, UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, I, I don't think this hurts them as much as people would think, though, because Utah is a very hostile environment, and it was only a one point game. It came down to the last second. One point game, and, so where and Utah, it's not Utah had to make the comeback on their last drive, and I, I felt like it was a really good game because of the fact that they were honoring two of their players who had died in the past couple of years. And so that was, I felt like that was a great moment for them. But I feel like USC is still, is still up there because their offense is still unstoppable in my opinion. Well, but it was their defense that kind of lost it for them. While this loss may be excusable for them, it's still a loss, which is going to really hurt them in the yeah. playoff hunt just because th- there's so many undefeated teams that are looking like they have a strong shot to finish undefeated. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, I don't see any world in which the committee takes a one-loss Pac-12 team over a one-loss SEC or Big Ten team. And another thing with that is really the only shot that USC has of getting back in there is beating UCLA, where if UCLA loses to Oregon this week, and that, that it is doesn't mean point. as much. And if they beat UCLA... They're really they're probably taking UCLA out of the playoff hunt. They're just hurting the Pac-12. So I just Pac-12 did it again. They went in on themselves. They have, and this year is their best shot to have a one-loss team in, just because they they have multiple ranked teams in their conference with Oregon, Utah, USC, and UCLA, which they haven't had four teams of that caliber in a while as a conference. It has been a minute, yeah. Well, and at one point, at one point, Washington was ranked. And Washington's looked good, good. And they they have Michael Penix, who's the leading passer they in do. college football. So they're they're also a competitive opponent. But oh, something I just looked up. I I looked at the AP top twenty five from this past week, and USC only moved down five spots. To so I mean that's it's that's no, not all that but far. That, that and doesn't then, reflect how the committee will will view them. Uh, yeah, the committee definitely come for playoffs. It'll be interesting once they release. Once they stop, well not stop releasing the AP Top 25, but they start releasing like the the playoff the standings. playoff standings, yeah. and you see. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any movement yeah. and how they move. Ultimately, you were right though about the UCLA Oregon game because if UCLA loses that game, then the credibility of if, the if USC wins the game against UCLA, then it yeah, won't matter as much, and they they wouldn't much. move up as far. So 
And then finally, we'll recap the game that should not have been on college pick'em: Washington State and Oregon State. The Beavers. I was right. They won. Take that, Jackson. I I got that right too. No, that that was me that had Washington I, State. Oh, I I picked them. I didn't like the sound you made, but you I know. picked them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about that. I I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't. I'm not, have not watched a lot of Oregon State this year. I knew that I liked them over Washington State, but I did not. With all the other games and the Alabama madness that was going on, I was not really tuning into. I mean, into this I game. mean if you're five and two in the first seven games, though, you have to be at least. Pretty decent. Oh, they're because they're at this a very point, competent, like, good team. Washington State isn't a bad team. No, like I've seen them, I've seen them over the season. Basically, I think they played Oregon at some point, but it's like I feel like they're pretty solid right now. And I know we talked a lot about the the run game of Oregon State coming in, but th- they had a very solid run game with two hundred three rushing yards compared to Washington State twenty three. So their ability to to use the run game against them. And to draw a turnover from Washington State, which, which made kept kept the turnovers even, that 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 was the difference in them t- securing the fourteen point win over Washington State. Yep. All right. Now moving on to this week's college football pick'em, I'm not going to necessarily go in the order that most of you guys are probably going to go. I'm going to go in more of a a less exciting game to build up to the bigger games. So the first game on the college pick'em weekly slate is the Toledo Rockets versus the Buffalo Bulls. And before we talk about anything about this game, I'd officially like to start the petition to change the Toledo Rockets to the Toledo Torpedoes because that name is just so much more elite. It matches the logo, too. It does! It matches the logo. Have you seen the logo? It's a Toledo Torpedo. We're starting that now. No more Rockets. But, yeah, I personally, I don't know what to say about this game because I have not seen either one of these teams play well, I did, I did for some, a couple years now. <laughs> I did some research on them because these are two definitely lesser down teams. Um, my pick, personally, was the to, was the Toledo Rockets. Yeah, I, I picked That's what I'm picking. Um, and, really, I didn't have a crazy reason to pick them. Uh, Toledo's quarterback, Daquan Finn, Last week had seven touchdowns, so Toledo's a very good high-scoring offense. Um, but really, I'm basing this off just pure BS. We're going to go the transitive uh, property. They uh, beat. The fact that Toledo put up 21 on Ohio State. I was going to say, they put up 21 on Ohio State. <laughs> I feel like if you could put 21 on Ohio State, you can put... Now, more than 21 oh, okay. on Okay, Th- this was also Buffalo. a game Ohio State scored 77 I know, they scored. Points. Okay, yeah, but, but... But it's Ohio State, he and they <laughs> He didn't let me finish talking. Yes, they put up 77. Then Toledo scored 21. But this Buffalo team is a team that only put up 10 on Maryland. And so just using the BS transitive property that does had not work has no real correlation whatsoever. I'm going Toledo. Well, uh, in my prediction, it's going to have no correlation. Tor- Toledo is going to torpedo this week. Buffalo Buffalo is going to take the win at home. No! What? Yes. Honestly? He used the Toledo torpedo, and I thought you meant and, they were going to win. And he crushed your heart with it. He did. I was so – you saw me. I got so you excited. Were, you were so happy, oh. and then you were no longer no, so honestly, happy. Honestly, looking at their schedule, Buffalo schedule, and the wins that they've had, they're pretty sizable. Well, Even though – 
they're not against the best teams. Like they they beat UMass by twenty seven, Eastern Michigan by almost twenty, and statistically Bowling these, Green by thirty one. So statistically, these teams are very similar. So I'm giving Buffalo the edge just as they're playing this game at home. I I will say Buffalo does have the momentum as they're a four and three team, and they started over three, so they're on a four game winning streak right now. So I will I will give them the momentum, but I just I I like Toledo. They're gonna torpedo torpedo their way to a win yeah torpedo their way to a win all right you want to talk about how we don't know anything about these teams they're not even playing on national television they're playing on espn plus i love to see it this is what we were talking about this earlier we've jackson's dad we're trying to get espn plus uh hulu and whatever else comes with it that package so hype it up oh yeah all right next game on the slate and apparently a game that E isn't going to talk about very much are the UCF Knights versus the East Carolina Pirates. What and order are you going? Be, being from s- being from Orlando, I have a, I have a lot of personal opinions about UCF. So I'm I'm going to keep the personal opinions out of this. Oh, same. But <laughs> UCF has looked strong with John Race Plumley as a as a dual threat this year. So I do have them over Eastern Carolina. So I also, I have no emotional connection to this game whatsoever, so I think it's funny that you guys do. But I actually went the direction of the East Carolina Pirates, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why. Um, there's a few reasons. Uh, strength of schedule wise, Eastern East Carolina has had a much harder strength of schedule. Um, while their record isn't as good, they have had a harder strength of schedule. Their quarterback Holton A. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna mispronounce this. Allers. Is it statistically is a top ten quarterback? Wait, Eastern Carolina is not on a stronger schedule. Yes, did no. If you use the strength of schedule calculator, they have. Yeah. It doesn't look that way. I know it. It does not look that way. Their 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 only power five game. Okay, was against NC State when they had Leary. So that's a strong game. UCF UCF has had Louisville. And Louisville has not been a good team this year. They haven't. Yeah, that NC State game was a close game. Okay. But then what I'm noticing right now is their last three games, they played Navy at home, and Navy is doing terrible this year. Like, I think they're 2-4 and four right now. And it went to Navy, double overtime. Yeah, went to double overtime, and they won 23-20 to 20 at East Carolina. And then East Carolina beat USF by 20. USF, usually no, known for being yeah. garbage. And then last week, they played at Tulane. And Tulane's like number twenty five right now. They lost to him twenty four to nine, only nine points. They held Tulane. It, it, to really de- it, it really depends on how you hold Tulane, like where you think they're at right now. I, if you I think like, they deserve to be a top twenty five. I like I like Tulane, but here here's what I was gonna say is, uh, East Carolina's quarterback statistically is top ten in all counting categories. He has over twenty one hundred passing yards, seventeen passing touchdowns. A 77.4 QBR and has a completion percentage of 69%. And he'll nice. be going against a UCF team that's given up 14 points per game this year. But they'll, he'll be doing it in his home stadium. So I do think this will be a close game, but I think UCF is going to take it. Oh. Agree to disagree. I, I will I like UCF as well. I feel like it's honestly going to be an extremely close game, oh, it considering it's at East Carolina, and I I feel like that place will be rocking. But UCF has started to pick it up. They had forty one two weeks ago, 
and 70 against Temple last week. So and their if, offense is hitting its stride right in the middle of the season. I did, I did make that note. UCF, over the past two weeks, is averaging 55.5 points a game and 41.3 on the season. So they do have a very explosive offense over in Central Florida. And East Carolina, if you're scoring 23 points or 20 points in double overtime, that's you shouldn't be only at 20 points if you're going to double overtime. And this is also a team that scored 20 points against a – very early on, high-ranked NC State team. So, exactly. yeah. this offense it, isn't necessarily the most consistent, but like I said, QB Holton Aylers is a good quarterback, a good underrated quarterback. He is, but I think UCF's defense is also really underrated this year, especially as they, they've been incredibly consistent. They haven't given up more than 20 points in a game so far. I'm not sure they will. I I think this could be a very low-scoring game. I feel like it's going to be a trap game. This is like the definition of a trap game. Yeah. It's going to be a lot closer than what the scores are showing right now. All right. Next game on the slate, and this will be mine. I'm not going to talk about it very much. The Memphis Tigers versus number 25, the Tulane Green Waves. All right. We want to talk about mascots. Who the heck is scared of a green wave? You guys want to know something crazy? So when I lived in South Carolina, my middle school, Getty's Middle School, we were the Getty's Middle School green waves. I've never seen it before, but we were. So I've... Okay, wait. They missed the perfect opportunity to be G, G, and G. Gettysburg... Wait, what was it? Getty's, Getty's Middle green waves. They could have been like green giants or something. Get... Get three Gs, but three no, G, they, yeah. they missed that opportunity, too. All right, that's not the point. The point is the game. Where are you guys going with it? I'm going with Tulane. They're, they're, they've been really hot this season. Currently, just, just broke into the rankings. Well, I, d- I don't think they're a top 25 team this year. I do think that they'll they'll beat Memphis. Um, I I don't know how I feel about them being ranked. I like them, I like them at 25 right now. We'll see where the season takes them. Um. I'm also taking Tulane, and one of my main reasons for doing this is the fact that Tulane's wide, starting wide receivers of Shea Wyatt and Deuce Watts are both averaging 18.4 yards per play. So they catch the ball. They're both very good deep threats. They both score very easily. And Memphis's cornerbacks don't have an interception on the year, and they don't rank top 50 in Division One in any statistical category, along with those two cornerbacks ju- give up about 300 passing yards a game. So these are not, by any means, elite-level good, really even good-level cornerbacks covering two very competent, very good wide receivers out in Tulane, especially... When you're not even covering them, you've got tight end Caden Pricegorn, who is also a good passing threat, not as big, and you have um, Tulane's running back Tajay Spears. He's got eight rushing touchdowns. I think no matter what route Tulane tries to go, Memphis does not have the defense to keep up with them scoring. And I think. I think Tulane being at 25, like you were saying, is kind of the perfect spot right now for where they've been at this season because I noticed that basically a month ago 
They played at Kansas State, who's ranked 17th right now, and beat them 17-10, to 10, which is really impressive. But then the week after that, they played Southern Miss at home and lost 27-24. to 24. So they're looking really inconsistent at this point in time. But I feel like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt since they're at home, and I think they'll beat Memphis. I think Tulane also has it. If you look at their Eastern Carolina or East Carolina game, uh, Tulane beat East Carolina, and East Carolina beat Memphis. If you really want to go transit property there. <laughs> but also, fun fact about Tulane, when was the last time they were ranked? Oh. I, I'm going to go. In the A people. In the AP poll, I'm going to go with this is a trick question, and they've never been ranked. Well, they used to be in the SEC, so I think... I feel like they were ranked at some point. Probably when they were in the SEC. I'm going to go 80s or 70s. 1998. Wow. Rather recent, but still 24 years ago. Because Tulane has always been... They've always been, like... They haven't been ranked... But I feel like Tulane has been under the radar. Like, I know, well that, especially that's like the was, past five. They've years. never been just like utter garbage, but they've never they've just kind of flown under. That's why I was like, you know what? They could be worthy of a top twenty-five, but they may just fly under the radar. That's that. That was where my it's one of those teams. Yeah. It's where one of those teams where it's like ev- like they could be a top twenty-five, but they just don't quite get that recognition, and that's where my mind immediately went. So I went Tulane. You went Tulane. You went to Lane, and you went to Lane. I wow. did, yeah. So I'll go into Lane sweep. Moving on to the next game, number twenty-one, the Cincinnati Bearcats versus the SMU Mustangs. It's another a- American athletic game, yep. and for for context, Cincinnati, Tulane, and UCF are all the three undefeated teams in conference play. So those three teams are all looking to avoid a loss and stay in the hunt for for the conference championship this week, trying to avoid trap games, which I could see SMU being a trap game for Cincinnati. I could see all three of these AAC games being trap games, but I have Cincinnati taking taking the win over SMU. So you think it'll be a close game, but you're taking Cincinnati? I am, yeah. All right. I agree it'll also be a close game. However, I'm going to go with the Mustangs, SMU. Quarterback Tanner Mordecai, thrown for over 2,000 yards and 15 passing touchdowns. And, you know, the the duo of Tanner Mordecai and Rasheed Rice, uh, SMU's number one wide receiver, is really deadly. He has 761 yards on only 49 catches, which is about 16 yards per catch yards per attempt which is amazing I think the biggest problem on SMU's side is going to be can they stop Cincinnati's run game Cincinnati's running back Charles McClellan is averaging 6.6 yards per carry which it should I think I think SMU's wide receivers and passing offense can keep up with that so I think I think it'll be a close one, but I'm going to go SMU. I, I just don't see any way SMU wins this game, as their three wins this year against North Texas, Lamar, and Navy. I, I'm aware it is a, it, it's a bold it's, – it's definitely a and bold c- guess. But c- I, Cincinnati has wins over Indiana and a seven-point loss to Arkansas. So we're, we're counting a win against Indiana good now. 
It's not good, but it is. It's a power five school, and it's it, better. It, it's much better than any of well, yeah. It's SMU's compared line. to theirs, yeah, I would I would better. like to point out. You talk about it's a power five school. Cincinnati joins the Big Twelve n- next year. Cincinnati's going to be a Big Twelve team. Yeah, it's so either it's either the next year or two. We can't. You can't be giving them slack like, oh, they beat Indiana. They're a power five school. It, you've got to treat Cincinnati like a power five school. Well, at the same time, well, you can you can say that this is their year to prove something. To show that they're ready for that level of competition, so. Uh, I well, I'm all, all I'm saying is they've beaten or at least been competitive with Indiana and Arkansas, and in SMU's games they were not with TCU and Maryland. They did not win either of those, and that was their chance to prove something, basically. So I, I'm not saying it's not a hot take or you know an upset. I'm just saying I think the Mustangs can pull it off. In a very close I, game. I don't think I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. I think their defense lets up a lot of points and it lets up a lot of yards. And with Cincinnati scoring thirty eight points, yeah, thirty eight points per game, that's that's a lot. Josh and so you, am I go am I getting ganged up again? This will be the second pick of this week where you guys are all going one team and I'm going the other. Someone's got to be different. So I don't, apparently so. I better not have another four and six week, or I'm going to be so upset. No, it's it's definitely another trap game, though, because something like oh. that could possibly happen. I definitely think so. Where especially, SMU, especially against a quarterback like Tanner Mordecai. I love I love Mordecai. Because SMU's coming off a loss last week to UCF, losing by 22, I think. It was 41-19. And so this could be the case where they're like, okay, we gotta, we're got we 3-3 three and three right now. This is our chance before we ha- we get a losing record to to kind of salvage our season. So they they also had a game like that last week against Navy and we're pretty close in a 40 to 34 win. So I I said I think it'll be a good game, but moving on, we have the Cougars of BYU versus the Liberty Flames. Not been paying attention to Liberty, <laughs> even though even though with Malik Willis in the past couple of years when he was there, they were a really good team. And so if they're 6-1 and one right now, that means they kind of just reloaded, even though he's gone now. But BYU's also been a solid team. They've kind of been up and down, but they've I been think, borderline top 25 the entire year. Uh, I think both teams are, again, I feel like we've said this a few times this week again, both teams are very offensive heavy, very little defense. BYU's defense is allowing almost 400 yards a game. They held up between 52 to Arkansas last week. Yeah, like so. BYU is just letting – and they're averaging 3.7 touchdowns a game. And they, if you look at their schedule, they've played some teams where obviously they bring that number up, but they've played some teams where that should not be the case. Well, speaking of schedules, Liberty, Liberty, although their record is six and one, and they're kind of flying under the radar at this point, their six wins are against Southern Miss, UAB, Akron, Old Dominion, Massachusetts, and Gardner Webb. So up to this point, Liberty has played a very, very weak schedule compared to BYU, who's had multiple top top opponents on their schedule in Arkansas and Notre Dame, Baylor, and Oregon. So because of their their challenge their challenging schedule up to this point, I have BYU winning this game. Another disagreement. I also found it interesting though because Liberty played Wake Forest a month ago 
at Wake Forest and only lost 37 to 36 by one point. So And this was when Wake means, Forest was fully healthy. Exactly. They had Sam Hartman back at that point. Well, so. I, w- I will say it, it will be interesting because Liberty's starting QB, Caden Slater, has not played in three weeks, and he was not playing this week. So Jonathan Bennett, backup QB, is who's going to be playing. So I do think that's something. However, like I said, you haven't really seen a dip in their scoring ability since he's come in. They're still putting up good points per game. So yeah, They've got 29 points per game. And then BYU's defense is letting up 30 points per game, which statistically they're going to score 30 points. And so I think that that's definitely going to help them. Like I said, I think I think Liberty can pull this off and move to what seven and one. I yeah, agree. I think they can do it. I think Liberty as well. Atta babe, I love you, Josh. Where are you going? I got BYU. You got BYU. All right, split two and two. Good, good. Atley. I uh, think I'm not going with my upset picks just yet. Oh, you like we're, we haven't reached that point. Just wait. I've got one upset pick that you guys are going to be mad about. Just wait. Oh, Next up, game on the slate. Chasing. Minnesota Golden Gophers versus number 16, Penn State Nittany Lions. And before we even talk about this matchup, let's just bring up the fact that both teams had very disappointing losses last week. So it, both oh, are yeah. looking both are looking for a good bounce back game. But both are desperate for it in, in Pac twelve play. Or, or I'm Big sorry, time. Big Ten play. But I have Minnesota winning this game. Because I, I think their game was much more competitive than Penn State. And Penn State did not look like a top 25 team, and neither did Minnesota. But I think Minnesota will show more character in this win and b- bounce back and beat Penn State. So, r- row the boat. Last week, last week I was, I was very high on Minnesota, said re-rank them after this week, and then they came and put up basically a stinker against Illinois. Since then I've looked very – I looked – and researched this game a lot because I was not happy with Minnesota last week. I'm taking number 16 Penn State, and I want... There's multiple reasons. Um, One of the reasons is the fact that Minnesota is averaging 12 points per game over their last two weeks, so they're not scoring, really. Um, Their starting quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is questionable. He went out with injury against Illinois. He's questionable to return. And the teams that Minnesota has beat has played this year, the teams that they have beaten have a combined record of 6-21. and 21. So Minnesota's a team that's 4-2, but it's an easy 4-2. Every time they've came up against competition with Purdue and then Illinois, they are not there. They don't score. They just don't have an offense, so See, I'm I going think Penn State for that. You're, reason. you're starting to make me want to change my pick, but I, I still yes. think I'm, I'm not going to because I still think um, Ibrahim I- and Minnesota's running game is going to bounce back against Penn State. But if if they don't, th- th- they are starting to worry me a little bit. See, I like I think Minnesota's running game is going to help them because they've got Ibrahim with 104 carries. And 700 yards. And then right by, behind him is Trey Potts, 62 carries, 300 yards. I would also, I did mention Ibrahim. He has nine touchdowns on the year, along to go with those 700 and yards. So he, that, I did, I actually put a note. I said, 
if Minnesota wants to stay in this game, they'll run it's the ball run the through ball. him. Yeah. So I do. And that's where Penn State struggled last week against Michigan. They let up a bunch of yards from running. It will be interesting, though, if starting quarterback Tanner Morgan doesn't play, having a first-time backup QB. We saw Penn State feast on the defensive end, at least during the first half of that Michigan game. And so I think that could be another interesting. Because a, a backup QB in college football, first time on the field, at, correct me if I'm wrong, at Penn State. At Penn State. There's going to be interceptions thrown. Absolutely. So. Josh, who do you have in this game? This is a really tough one for me. And knowing that Tanner Morgan might be out now, I feel like that makes a lot of a difference. But at the same time, you know what you guys aren't taking into account right now? Penn State wideout is this week. Oh, I, I love my Penn State pick. Yeah. It's game over. Penn State. Yeah. What, what do you mean? It's ga- we, we talked last week in the <laughs> podcast how Penn State's nine and out during their wideouts. I don't know if we mentioned that on the podcast, but we did talk about We that. did talk about this. We did? Okay. It doesn't, nine and eight it doesn't feel like nine and eight, but nine and eight. I feel like it's because of the fact that most of their losses are to Ohio State most of the time. And they're playing Minnesota, but right. Minnesota is... Like, they're one of those teams who have the potential to be so good because their defense is only giving up, what, 12 points a game, 11 points a game right now. But Penn State's defense is really good, too. I think they're giving up under 20 points a game. But it's just it's so tough to to pick against Penn State during a wideout, even though Minnesota could definitely ruin that night for them. I agree. It's, they're it's they're, they're going to row the game. boat. It's going to be a think... close game, but I, I got Penn State. I think if they lose, it's going to be because of interceptions thrown by a backup quarterback in a Penn State whiteout. That's just going to rock him. He's not going to. Yeah, especially if they have a backup, then no, no shot. That's a beautiful point, bringing out the whiteout. The atmosphere there for your first college game. Do you remember the video from a couple years ago when Michigan, the very first snap, they came out and couldn't even get the playoff because Shea Patterson couldn't even hear anything. It was so loud. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, no. I just can't vote. I just can't pick against it. Yeah, honestly, no. Penn State, easy. All right, now you know what isn't was not an easy game for me to decide, and where my probably my probably biggest upset of the week is going to fall. Number seven, Ole Miss, the Ole Miss Rebels versus the LSU Tigers. This is this is the definition of a trap game, and I had I had a lot of trouble this, with this this pick too. LSU is a very hot team right now. They just just beat the Florida Gators in a strong showing, scoring forty five points. I still have Ole Miss winning this game. I I think it's going to be a close SEC game, but I think I have Ole Miss hanging on, holding on to their undefeated season. Why does this have to be so difficult, man? This is insane. <laughs> very difficult. That being said, give me the Rebels. Okay. I, I'm not, I, I can't change my pick right now. I, I'm going with it, and I, I just feel like they're on fire with their offense, and their defense is actually underrated, only giving up 17 a game right now. And I feel like the LSU win against Florida, as, as an avid Florida Gator fan, Personally, I feel like them scoring 45 doesn't mean as much. Well, these are two very high-powered offenses. I feel like they LS- have the potential to, to score a lot, but the rest of the season, I mean, LSU wasn't scoring too much. Well, you say that LSU— Like, they struggled, they struggled against FSU, even though FSU has been a pretty solid team. LSU is averaging 33.7 points per game on the year. That's a that's that's all right. Ole Miss is averaging 40.9, so Ole Miss is scoring at a higher volume, but those yeah. are two very high-scoring teams. Yeah. 
I think I think LSU. And I think it's going to be a one-score game, and it's going to be because of interception. might not be like at the end of the game interception, but it's going to be a one-score game, and it's going to be because they had the ball after an interception. Because Jackson Dart had six interceptions. So I'm also picking LSU. But I'm picking LSU primarily because of the run game. Because LSU has 19 rushing touchdowns on the year between three different running backs and their quarterback. They have three running backs with over 200 yards and three touchdowns with Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin, and Noah Kane. And their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, has 10 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns with only one interception on the year. So... Jaden Daniels has been a phenomenal quarterback this year, very underrated. LSU's rushing, combining, they can throw a wide variety of guys out there to rush and score. Ole Miss allows 178.6 rushing yards per game. LSU averages 173.4 rushing yards per game. And in those 173 rushing yards per game, LSU averages 2.7 rushing touchdowns. I don't think Ole Miss can stop LSU's run game. And someone check me on this real quick. It's at LSU. Yeah, it's at LSU. LSU. I think LSU will ruin the Rebels' season this weekend. So who do you think? I I still think this is going to be a close game, but I think Ole Miss's defense will be able to 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 keep the score close on just enough for for Jackson Dart to. To take to take the lead at the end, but J- JT Daniels does worry me with this pick because he's had a very strong season so far this year. L- LSU has been flying under the radar, but they have wins against FSU, Florida, Mississippi State, and their their losses were to to Tennessee and. Or wait, didn't they lose to FSU first game of the year? Yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right. They was lost a, to so FSU. They, it was a one-point loss. One, right, I'm one sorry, point they, beat, they beat yeah. Florida, Florida Auburn. It, it, came down, it came down to the two-point conversion, to I the think. But then they yeah. lost to Tennessee by 27 two weeks ago. It was, it was, but we've also, we've also established Tennessee, that Tennessee's a Tennessee's a good, good team, but losing by 27 regardless at oh, home. It's, it's bad. It's bad. I'm not saying, I'm not. I, I don't think that's that bad of a but loss. Yeah, you're, Only you're scoring right. 13 is bad, but I don't think that's that bad of a loss. They allowed less than Bama. Yeah. When you're yeah. saying it's that the definition true. of a trap game, I, I feel like that's a good statement, though. LSU. Because I, I could be completely wrong about I think LSU pulls it off. I think LSU pulls it off. I like them. It'll be a great game. All right. We have three games left to talk about. Next up, number 21, the Texas Longhorns versus number 11, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Give me Texas. Give me Texas. You know what? Quick, I'm going. Uh, one of my friends is going to be shocked to hear this. Horns up this weekend, baby. Horns up. Cowboys are going down. Let me tell you this. Oklahoma State is coming off a loss to TCU where they collapsed. Oklahoma State had that game, and they allowed TCU back in and to take it in double overtime. Bad loss by Oklahoma State last week. Texas, with quarterback Quinn Ewers back, looks like a completely different team. It's unreal. Texas can also score in a variety of ways. You've got running back uh, Bijan Robinson, who has 
10 touchdowns and almost 800 yards on the year. You've got wide receiver Xavier Worthy with six touchdowns on the year and 14 yards per attempt. And you've got tight end Jatavion Sanders, who's got five touchdowns and over 300 yards on the year. So they have a wide variety of targets to hit, and you really you don't know, you know what really is going to happen. I, would, I think the biggest threat that Oklahoma State poses is the rushing game. And I just, I think this will be another game like we saw last week with TCU and Oklahoma State. I don't think it'll be an overtime game, but it is going to be a high, high, high scoring game. It's just, there's going to be very little defense and it's going to be touchdown for touchdown for touchdown. And, but I think, I think Quinn Ewers is him, Himothy. I think he'll end the game. And just break the fans of Cowboys' hearts. I'd have break to break the agree. heart of Cowboys. Fans. Uh, I'd have to agree too, because uh, I got the Longhorns this week as well, but not for the reason that you would think, which is Quinn Ewers and the the offense being as good as they are when he's on the field. But their defense has been the story of their, of their season, in my opinion, because I think they've given up more than twenty one points in only one of their games this season, and that game went to overtime. So. I feel like their defense has just been really impressive and has been flying under the radar. And for Oklahoma State's offense, I mean, with Texas only giving up 18 points a game, if they're able to to slow down that Oklahoma State offense, then I feel like this could honestly be a blowout in my opinion. And they held they held Alabama to what, 20 points was that? Yeah. So only- And this was an Alabama who they only scored 20 because they had that last-minute drive. Exactly. And it was with Bryce Young, too, with which Bryce is Young. extremely impressive. You don't hold Bryce Young to 20 points most of the time. And Oklahoma State is still a very solid team at 11 in the, the nation, and they're going to be looking for a bounce back when they should be hungry for that, which made this pick really, really hard. But I still have Texas just because I, I think they're not going to be able to stop Quinn Ewers. And Texas has been undefeated with him starting. He led them to a— a big early lead against Bama. I think Quinn Ewers is going to make the difference in this game. Not with him starting because he did start the Bama game. Well, in games so. he started and played. There. In games that he has played the entire game. They're, they're, he had, they're undefeated. Because he only played in the first quarter of that Bama game. Yeah. And they looked impressive they during did. that time. And they, they could have easily. together the whole game. They could have easily won that game if yep. they yeah, had that, that type of offense. That could be on one of the field. biggest what-ifs. I will, still stand, I will still stand by the what-if that... Alabama really should be three and three right now. They should not have beaten Texas. Three three. They should not have beaten Texas, and they shouldn't have beaten Texas A and M. I don't know about A and M, but te- Texas, Texas is really reasonable. Alabama should not only have one loss. That's the bottom line. All right, moving on to the other half of last week's Oklahoma State game, number seventeen Kansas State Wildcats versus number eight the Horned Frogs of TCU. Give me TCU. For a second week in a row, I'm going TCU. I'm sorry, Z. I'm, I'm going TCU, too. I think you can just sit in your corner over there and be upset at us, but we're going TCU. I have no shame had, whatsoever. I had a hard time. I, I looked at this, and I thought about this game a lot. I will also be going TCU. Oh, my goodness. I will be, I will be repping the Horned Frogs, I think. This is a big moment for you. We, we got it out of him, I think. I think this is... You know, like you said, Kansas State, uh, 
I just don't think I don't think they're worthy of that number seventeen. I think TCU really is the real deal, the elite level offense. They've got the wide receivers in Quentin Johnson. They've got the running back with Keandre Miller. You've got Max Duggan, who, like we've already said, is a dark horse in the Heisman conversation, who has 20 touchdowns on the year and only one interception. One of very few player with quarterbacks with only one interception. I just... I agree. I, I have very, to go TCU. I don't think it's an option. I think they're very controlling on the field. They've got plenty of yardage, 500 yards a game, which is or not 500 yards. But that's just insane. 45 points a game. That is insanely high. And I think that if you're putting up 45 points, you shouldn't be losing. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Kansas State is top 25. Because at no, this point in time, their is. most impressive win this season was at Oklahoma. A win by one touchdown, 41 to 34. No. And look at Oklahoma now. That's what I said. They're, they're not the not, they're they not aren't. the team they have been the past decade whatsoever. This is the worst they've ever been. And so I, I feel like they shouldn't even be top twenty five right now. This That's what I said. Another blowout no. in my opinion. I so I think TCU's got it. I just don't like saying it. But yeah, I think TCU has this one really just in the bag. Um moving on. To the final game of the week. College football game day. Number nine, UCLA Bruins. Versus ten, the Oregon Ducks. At at Oregon. At Oregon. So besides about one game apiece for each team, both school besides like the Georgia game for Oregon and the uh yeah, I want to say Utah game that it was for UCLA, both besides those one games that each team have played, both have had pretty easy schedules and this will be the first big matchup these teams have had in a while so I think we'll I think we're getting treated to a very good game I'd have to disagree about the the easy schedule part because the last two weeks UCLA has played Washington who's a pretty solid team Washington from what we have learned and then they played Utah at Utah, home yep. who's a good team as well that's what I besides one game I give UCLA Utah and I give Oregon Georgia Besides yeah. those two games, but I at the same time, it's like or Oregon. Oregon's Oregon also played BYU, who's I'd say on a similar level to to Washington, but not to what? Utah though. I, I took I, liberty over BYU. Don't come over here with this BYU's on the same level of Washington crap. They could be on the same level as Washington, but Utah, no shot. But at the same time, though Oregon. Their offense the past five games has not scored less than 40 points. Yes. They have been dominating with Bo Nix. Like, he has hit his stride. So, it's it's so difficult for me right now. I can't and even. Bo Nix is such. He's looking so much better than he did with Auburn this season. He's got an 85.8 QBR, which is good for top 10 in the league. And he's such a dual threat. 12 passing touchdowns on the year, but also eight rushing. So he will, you know, he can go anywhere. You know, you don't really know where to take him. The other thing is, is UCLA's quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he's also a... um. It's another case to where QB is hitting 
his stride and basically reaching his potential yes. for once. Yes, and and he, currently he has 15 passing touchdowns to just two interceptions. And he also has four rushing, so he's another quarterback that can do either one. They both have like he's an a equal dual amount threat. of total touchdowns and, but at this point. Even without the dual threat, he's been one of the best passers in the league this he year. Has, he's got 1,500 yards on the year, which isn't as, lot, isn't as much as we've seen other games today, but still a lot. And he's got the fifth best QBR in the league right now with 88.4. So two very talented QBs having great seasons. However, I think UCLA's quarterback is the high point of their offense. I think UCLA is a good team in all aspects. They're good receiving core, good rushing team, elite quarterback, good offensive line, good defensive line. However, I think Oregon has some places where it's they're good here, they're good here, they're good here, but they're elite at this. They're better than UCLA at this. They've got uh, you got to look at this. Oregon has two running backs that have run for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. So, they can run the ball. Oregon also has uh two Receivers, they've got tight end Terrence Ferguson and wide receiver uh, Troy Franklin, who have both scored uh, three plus touchdowns, and they're both responsible for over 200 receiving yards. So, I think with all that being said, I've got Oregon winning the game. I have Oregon too. When we talked earlier in this podcast about the the Pac-12's tendency to to beat up on themselves and eliminate their undefeated teams. And I, I'm calling Oregon in a game that will take down the Pac-12's last undefeated team. The interesting, I think the most interesting, because I know we've talked about that a lot, is can Oregon, with obviously they had a massive, just embarrassing week one blowout loss to Georgia, but can that 11-1 and Oregon team get a four seed potentially and make the college football playoffs? Potentially they could, if, but not, I think not, not over an undefeated team. Oh, I agree 100%. I don't think there will be four undefeated teams, though. Well, you're going to have e- either Georgia or Tennessee should run the table. Georgia or Tennessee should be undefeated. The w- winner of Michigan, Ohio State. Will be undefeated, so that's only two. I think those are the only two teams that will be undefeated. W- winner, as long as Clemson handles business w- this week against Syracuse, they should. I think Clemson, whether it be Syracuse this week or a different team different team later on in the season, I don't think Clemson finishes the season undefeated. That's not the, that's not the point we're talking yeah. about. We're just saying, I, Oregon, maybe? We'll see, we'll see what Oregon does. Okay, so here comes the UCLA pick. I feel like Oregon could definitely run the table, like you guys are saying, but they're not. Give me DTR and the Bruins. And here's why. Okay, so their offense is impressive right now, but their defense is only giving up 20 points a game, or 22, but either way. And then Oregon's defense is giving up almost 30 a game. So uh, I think I think it's going to be defense. Even though it's probably going to be an offensive battle, I, I just I feel like DTR is doing way too good right now, even though Bo Nix is doing good as well. So give me UCLA on the road. I think they're going to keep rolling, and they – Pac-12 champions, possibly. All right. Well, there you have it. That is this week's picks from Sports Rundown.
that is all we have time for today. Like I said, we are four college students, so we do have classes to get to. Uh, please remember to subscribe and rate us on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter with at sports underscore rundown underscore. Uh, thank you for listening today, and we'll be back later on. We'll catch you on the run. That was stupid. It was not stupid. That was a good tagline at the end.